Welcome to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. We want to encourage, equip, and connect those with a passion to impact the next generation for Jesus Christ. Student ministry can be a lonely place. You might even feel like you're the only one in your church or community that cares about students. Well, know this, you're not alone. People all across the country are engaging Gen Z and care deeply about the spiritual direction of these young men and women. Whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer, if you have a heart for students, this is the place for you. Welcome back to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. I'm Dan Carson, and on today's podcast, we're going to be talking about the power of God's Word in the lives of teenagers. We have a special guest, someone that is with the Gideons International. I'm excited to have him on the podcast, and we'll be getting to that in just a moment. But I want to thank our podcast partner, Central Baptist College of Conway, Arkansas. It's a place that is concerned about God's Word and how it impacts students and our entire world. It's, it is challenging, engaging, and inspiring. So if you have a student who is looking at that next step in their educational journey, have them check out cbc.edu. They'd love to hear from you. They love that opportunity to invest in your student's life and perhaps your life. Maybe you're looking for an opportunity to finish up your degree. Again, check it out, cbc.edu. Well, on today's podcast, Chris isn't with me, but I have a special guest. It's a friend from a long time. He's been investing in students' lives, including my own. I remember days back at church camp when I was in high school and seeing him talk with my good buddy, Wade Allen, and just share and being um, concerned and caring for those students. He is, in addition to that, was a deacon at uh, Temple Baptist Church of Rogers, Arkansas, where I served, and he was one of the parents of my students. And so it's a real pleasure for me to welcome to the podcast, Ron Simpson. Welcome, Ron. Good morning, Dan. It's a joy to be with you today. I'm excited for what you're doing in your ministry, and uh, hopefully that I can be uh, of some help today. It is definitely a treat to have you on the podcast. I love talking about the power of God's Word, and I've always loved hearing the stories from the Gideons. But the simple truth is, not everybody knows what Gideons International is and what it's about, and so I'm going to have him share about that in just a moment. But before we get to that, I'd love for our listeners to get to know you a little bit better. I've known you, well, I guess it's like over 30 years now, <laughs> which is kind of crazy. Uh, but tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and about your ministry. Well, as you said, I've uh, uh, been a member of Temple Baptist Church in Rogers for 30 years now, which seems hard to believe that that much time has passed. Uh, I've been serving there, as, a, as you said, as a deacon, as a church treasurer. But my real passion in, in, in all of that time was uh, teaching. God's Word. Uh, God has blessed me to be able to teach in Bible classes and in uh, small groups, and that's been a, a passion of my life uh, for, for a long, long time. In addition, I've been in the Gideons for about 34 years now, so uh, a lot of opportunities there to do things that I never believed would have been possible. The Lord's opened the door for me to go and, and have positions that I didn't really have time for, I didn't think, from a secular uh, standpoint. I've uh, been able to minister and give copies of God's Word on three different continents uh, around the world. So he's blessed in in a lot of ways uh, over those years, and it's been a it's been a joy to to see how he used me. Well, what about your family? 
Well, uh, my, my wife is Elaine. We've been married for 47 years now. Imported her from California, which, <laughs> which you can relate to. Uh, I can. <laughs> she came and moved to Arkansas. Uh, we've uh, got four children. They're all grown. And they've given us 10 grandchildren now. Been uh, just a real joy of my life to know that God brought us together. There was never any doubt in our mind that he connected Elaine and I. And as we've served together, as we've worked together uh, through the years, uh, it's it's been exciting to see how God's used us and blessed us. Well, as I've now crossed the 50-year mark <laughs> and my son is married, I know that in the future, whether it's a few years or many years, there's a good chance that I may become a grandparent myself. So what do the grandkids call you? Uh, I'm Papa. And Lane is Mama. Yeah, there was there was uh, some debates on uh, what they were going to have as the name when it first started, but that's the one that stuck. And so, <laughs> it's, it's oh, I love that. It's fun to hear, you know, when you hear yeah. uh, they run it up and you Papa and run to you. It's not much feeling that compares to that. Well, one of the things that I love for our guests to share is how they came to know Jesus. Well, I was extremely blessed to be uh, brought into a family that was uh, that knew the Lord, served the Lord. I've literally been in church my entire life since I was two weeks old. Uh, mother and a father that were that were very committed to the Lord and, and uh, raising us up to know Him. At the age of eight, uh, it was a revival service in a little church in in uh, Wichita, Kansas, where we were living at the time. And uh, as the evangelist was sharing. Suddenly it connected that he was talking to me and that was what mm. something that I needed. And when I, I heard the call, it was it was a it wasn't a difficult decision because I had heard it all of my life. And uh, so I readily responded to what God was calling me to do. And and uh, it's had an impact on everything in my life uh, since those yeah. days. Well, I know that over the years. Um, you've invested in in students, whether it was as a sponsor in youth groups or just even before that. I remember <laughs> one of my favorite memories was that church camp that I was at, and, and you were at First Baptist of Cave Springs at that point, and you were the sponsor for these little cavemen is the way, the way I refer to them. <laughs> little crazy people, uh, but it was so good to see that. So let me ask, you accepted Jesus at an early age, but who invested in your life during those teenage years? Well, I have to give the credit to the, that for my to my dad as well. At the time that I was a teenager, we were going to a small mission church uh, north of Rogers. Uh, Forrest Gann, if you might remember him, was the, uh, the evangelist that, that was running that, that church. And there wasn't a youth director. There wasn't a youth program as such, but dad kept me involved in, in the things that were going on. He was teaching classes and he would bring me in as an assistant and help me with, to develop the ability to, to study a lesson and prepare for it. And so uh, that was a tremendous benefit to me and kept me connected to the word for those years that I was uh, involved in that. That's great. Many of the people that listen are those that just simply care about students. They're in the small, mid-sized churches, and whether it's a parent or just a coach or somebody who just loves students, we know that those are so valuable. And what I love hearing is that you were integrated into that congregation, that you were being taught by example and I don't want to say forced, but you were encouraged greatly <laughs> uh, to, to help in that process. 
And so it's just some wonderful things. You have been involved with Gideon's ever since I've known you, and it's it's a great ministry, but there are people who still don't know what the Gideon's is all about. Now, granted, they may have seen a Bible in a hotel or a hospital, and maybe even somewhere around their house, they may have a little New Testament they received some point in their life, but they may not understand what the Gideon's is about. So maybe you could share a little bit with our listeners about the Gideon's. Well, you're right. The most common understanding of the Gideons is the Bibles in the hotels. That's what people see. That's what's visible. But that's that's actually just a small part of what God has called us to do. When the uh, group was organized was in, actually in 1899. And in those days, the, uh, the folks that organized it were Christian traveling salesmen. And if you know your history in uh, that uh, time of our year, Traveling salesmen had terrible reputations. Uh, you know, all the travel was by train. Uh, it was before, really before cars. It was before phones and other things. And so they would travel around the country. Uh, they would have lots of time as they were working, being gone weeks at a time in hotels and then ended up in bars. And and so there was a lot of temptations in their lives, uh, alcohol, gambling, you know, immorality, so many different things. And so some guys that the Lord brought together in a, in a meeting one night, they had to share a room in a hotel. They began to come up with an idea that if they could associate together with each other, that they could help support each other. They could hold each other accountable to the way that they lived, so that their testimonies for the Lord would have some impact. If they were living lives that were deserving of the, of the gospel, then they would be able to witness to others. And so it was actually a decade before we ever placed any scripture. But the Gideons were known for living lives according to the word, and they were known for their proficiency in, in personal witnessing. They would actually even teach churches in personal witnessing over those years. And it wasn't until 1908 that we started placing scripture as another method of putting the word, the gospel in front of people in greater numbers than what we could have done otherwise. And so over the years, the, the Lord continued to expand that, and it was pretty amazing how his timing was always perfect. You know, we started out in hotels, went into hospitals, but then in the 1940s is when he led us to the little pocket-sized New Testaments. But the timing, again, was great. We started out with the military. We put out thousands of those in the months just before World War II. And so uh-huh. we actually gave out... Uh, 50,000 copies to sailors on board ships in Pearl Harbor in the months that led up to the attack on Pearl Harbor. We gave out thousands in the Philippines to soldiers just days before that country was invaded and taken over. We gave out thousands to those that were on the ships in England preparing to cross the English Channel for the D-Day invasion. So we're always where we needed to be. And in every one of those cases, they reported finding the, the bodies of soldiers or sailors with those testaments in their pockets, many of which had signed the decision page in the back that they had trusted Christ. And so he's always had us there. Uh, again, the timing is he would open the door for the public schools just about the time that prayer was taken out of the schools. He opened the door to the colleges in the, in the uh, late 60s and early 70s when all of the uh, violent protests against the Vietnam War were going on. Uh, he opened the door for us to uh, first responders. And so when you look at things like the uh, 9-11 attack, we gave out 195,000 copies 
in the days after 9-11, mostly to those first responders. So he's, he's always had us in the right place, the right you know, ability to impact people with the gospel when it was needed. Uh, and it can, today we continued, our focus is just, our only purpose is to reach people for Christ and placing scripture in those specific places is just one way in which we try to accomplish that. Much of it, again, is our personal testimony, personal work, and working together with churches to uh, keep ourselves accountable. Wow. Um, I was unfamiliar with much of that history, and it is just amazing. I'm amazed to hear um, how God has used that and used a commitment from a group of traveling salesmen uh, to where it is today. It's the value of God's Word for many for a lost and dying world that motivates many to get connected with the Gideons. Uh, how, how and why did you get involved? Well, there was a, there was a time when I was invited to a meeting to explain the ministry and to uh, see if God was calling those that were there. At the time I was involved in a community, a civic club, the Rotary Club. And as I, as I looked at that, as I recognized the, uh, uh, the impact that the Gideons were having and compared it to this other things, I, well, my, my time is much more uh, valuable towards uh, serving with the Lord. And so I just felt like God was calling me. I really didn't have any question that he was calling me to be a part of that. And uh, I joined not believing I had the time to, <laughs> to really do it. But he And I can't explain how that happened, but he just made the time again and again and again for things that he chose to use me for. Wow. That is just, that's just great. You know, it's, again, it's, we see this great value in God's word as a podcast focused on students and student ministry. Why would you say that God's word is important for teenagers? Well, you know, the statistics as well as I do that uh, most of the people that accept the Lord is going to be before the age of 21 and, and the Gideons recognize that critical time period. And so I would say probably 80 85% of the scriptures that we place are all going to students and, and youth. And we start in the uh, age 10, the fifth grade, and go up through the high school. But the, the copies that go into uh, schools and also into colleges are the, the bulk of the scriptures that we place. We, we've been placing about 80 million a year until COVID, and that dropped down some. It's starting to climb back up. We, we, we anticipate placing about 60 million this year. Last fall, we placed our two and a half billionth copy overall, as God has, <laughs> has used us through the years. But, you know, again, if you look at the teenagers of today and you see so many questions and so many uncertainties about identities and other things that they're just really having agendas forced at them, we think that the Word of God is critical if we can have mm -hmm. that available for them. Uh, because there's, you know, it, it's, it's kind of scary to me for my grandchildren in the right. things that they're facing in the world coming up. And if there's got a good solid foundation of the word of God behind that, then it can make a tremendous difference in their life. Well, you have raised four great kids. Uh, one of them specifically was in my youth group, uh, but the, the older three are, you know, they just, they love Jesus and they're, they're serving faithfully wherever they're at. And my question is, how did you encourage them to invest in the Bible and the relationship with Jesus during those growing years? 
Well, you know, I, Elaine and I have asked ourselves over and over and over, how, how did this happen? How did we get such great <laughs> kids? You know, we can't take the credit for it. We really give the credit to the Lord and we ask him, we don't understand why. But uh, I guess the, the simplest way to, to sum it up is that we always tried to be who we were every day, not just on Sunday. We tried to, mm. to live it during the week. We tried to uh, you know, pray over decisions. We tried to spend time in the word. Uh, we made sure that they were heavily involved in the church and all the different things. If the doors are open, we were there. If there were activities going on, we were part of it. They had two very good uh, youth directors in Jason Burns and Dan Carson, which made <laughs> some, an impact on their lives as well. So uh, it, it's a blessing of the Lord. It's it's a matter of, of being who you are in Christ every day, I think, more than anything else, so that they can see that and experience it as they go along. I appreciate your work as a parent. And I, I have seen that you lived Christ before them. And so they knew that God's word was important. You were giving your extra time to an organization that was all about sharing God's word. And so it is, it's just, it, it makes an impact, not just on your children and grandchildren, but on those that have been around you. And so I thank you for that. Now, in recent years, it's been harder for Gideons to get into schools. In fact, I remember something very pointed happened at my time at Temple, and it seemed like Rogers had made that decision that it was going to be difficult to get in. So what was once an open door has slowly been closing in many parts of our country. What have Gideons done to navigate this issue? Yeah, you're right. For for many, many years, uh, going to the fifth grade was a, an opportunity that we had to to reach those people, those kids at the time that was critical in their lives. Uh, I've seen a number of testimonies of uh, folks that were saved because they got a testament at school when they never had the word of God in their family at all. They had parents that n- knew nothing about the Lord. And so it was a, it was an open door that really produced a lot of fruit, a lot of results. I had the privilege of handing one as a Gideon to each of my four kids when they were in the fifth grade. And I was very blessed by that. But as you say, uh, the culture of our country has changed significantly. Uh, a lot of the atheist groups uh, are threatening lawsuits against schools, uh, threatening if they, if they uh, don't uh, observe the so-called separation of church and state, then they will bring suit. And so a lot of the school boards actually uh, withdraw uh, the opportunity for us to do that without fight because they don't want the expense of having to have a lawsuit. And so the com- across our country, the places in where we can go into the schools is really uh, the exception now rather than the rule. Mm. Uh, now that's not true in other countries. We get into so many of the uh, countries because we're organized right now in 199 countries and territories. And in most of those other nations, we can go into the schools, we can share the gospel, we can do just so many things that won't happen in this country. And so that's been a disappointing. Uh, so what we've tried to do to uh, still reach those students is we've come up with some different ways to um, make it possible. If there is a public sidewalk in front of the school, then legally we can stand on that sidewalk and offer it to the students as they, as they leave the school. Uh, matter of fact, I did that just a few months ago at Bentonville High School. Uh, as you leave from the campus, you walk across a uh, street to the, most of the parking lots on the other side, public sidewalks there. And so 
we were able to stand there, offer them to the to the students as they come across. Uh, but there's a lot of schools that don't have that. The sidewalks are on school grounds, and so we're not able to accomplish that. So another thing that we've done is we will go to uh, uh, public uh, fairs and festivals like the Benton County Fair, like hmm. the uh, Washington County Fair, like the state fairs. Uh, we went to the uh, uh, Frisco Festival in Rogers for years. You know, something where where students will be in attendance and we can still try to reach them uh, by offering to students as they come through those. Uh, we've given out a lot of scriptures. Uh, unfortunately, the Frisco Festival in Rogers was no longer being held, so that was a great opportunity that we're missing there. But, but uh, we still uh, uh, have some of those that happen across the country. And then in addition is, uh, is the Lifebook. Uh, we have come up with the Lifebook Project, which uh, gives students an opportunity to take copies of, of the word into the schools and distribute them to their peers themselves. Uh, that's a distribution that the uh, uh, school can't control. And so through all of those, uh, we're trying to, uh, we're trying to reach those students that were missing because we were unable to get into the classroom. Uh, there is a new plan that we hope will have some success in the uh, middle schools where we can set up a table that's unattended in the school, leave it during the day. Nobody's there just with a sign, take one if you want one. And so we're hoping that that will give us access to reach more some of those students as well. So he's opening some other doors for us and uh, we're, uh, we're excited to see how the results are going to come from those. That has been such a shift in our culture. And to let our listeners know, Northwest Arkansas is, you know, it's a big community. And so we have towns up here that are 90, 80, uh, 70,000. I mean, so it's, they're very large communities. Um, and we have major corporations. We have Walmart who is up in this area as well as Tyson foods. And so it does, um, kind of paint this different setting than a lot of places. I know that still in rural areas, uh, the schools are still very open. Yeah. And some of that is just a matter of size. The, uh, the atheist groups don't target those because there's no, there's not as much impact in those small rural schools. They go after the big ones where there's going to be a lot of students. Uh, you know, at some point they may reach down to some of those others, but uh, you're right. Most of the time that that's still available in this country is in those smaller school systems. Well, I know that Gideons almost always have a story or two about the impact of God's word. It's one of the things that I love about having a Gideon presentation in a church, but has that happened with life books? I mean, have you heard stories of students being impacted by those books in the same way? Yes, uh, we have. We've seen a number of those. I, I don't have the, the details on one with me at the moment, but, uh, uh, you know, as that program is being used, we've had nearly 52 million of them distributed in the United States uh, wow. over the years. And so uh, I think the program started in 2009. It's a separate entity, but it's it's fully owned and funded by the Gideons, and so we've had uh, that many scriptures that have already copies of this that have gone into the students' hands. So there's there's been a lot of those that have responded in salvation over the years. It's exciting to see that, and of course, a lot of that happens. You don't ever hear it, right? Right. They don't report it. You know, especially with a student giving a book to another student. 
you may never see the the end result, uh, like many of the the Gideon New Testaments that's been handed out over the years. Now, the life book itself, is that just the Gospel of John? What what do we have inside of one of those? The first version was the Gospel of John. We're in the second version now, which is the Gospel of Mark. And, ah. it, and actually, it contains the, the Scripture, but it also has a lot of uh, notes and comments and questions as written to a student level. So explain some of those things that they're going to be reading and gives them some things to think about and some questions that are there. Um, so it, it, it connects with that particular age level in a way that just a copy of the scripture uh, often would not. And the fact that they're getting it from one of their friends, you know, makes a difference. We've, we've seen um, almost 4 million students involved in just giving these out to their friends over these, those years. And so, uh, not only has it been putting the Word of God in the hands of students that might not have received it any other way, but it's also teaching our own children how to evangelize, mm, teaching them how that they can that they can be involved in that. And so that's that's been a, a benefit on both sides of it. One of the things that I didn't write in our questions, but would love to know is is how, how can a youth pastor get some of these life books so that their students can have access to them? What's, what does that process look like? There's a website that's called thelifebook.com. And you, when you go there, it will explain the program to you. It will uh, give the youth director and the scriptures can be ordered by a church representative, a youth pastor, a church pastor, uh, a youth leader. They can request and have those sent to their their church for their students to use. Uh, you can, you know, order 100 up to 2,500, depending on the size of your youth group. But not only do you, can you go there and order this, the uh, life books, but there are also places where you can download a digital version that would go oh, onto wow. a mobile phone. Uh, you can download the digital version in Spanish that would be could be used. And there are also videos on there that explain to the students how to use them, things to say, how to approach their peers, things to be careful that they don't say. Uh, there are also some, some documents for the youth director that shows how the, the current laws of our country and the specific details that allows those students to be able to do what they're doing in the schools without the, uh, having any, any question from the, from the school system. So there's a lot of information there, thelifebook.com. You can place the, the orders there. You can get all the information. So that's the place for those youth leaders to start. Okay. Well, we'll put that link in the show notes. I had the opportunity to look around on the website, and I saw that, of course, you need to be a church representative. So whether you are the youth pastor or the lead pastor, you'll have to be the one that makes that request, but that's um, a, a great thing. So we know that they're getting into our students' hands. You know, I am, I'm thrilled by that. I love the opportunity that we give our students to hand out the word to other students. If somebody wants to be a part of the Gideons, not everybody who listens to this, this podcast is a youth pastor or a pastor. What does that look like? Or how could others be involved in the work of Gideons? Well, as, as you know, there are occupational qualifications. You need to be a business or professional man. And, you know, that in, there's a lot of definitions that go into that. Even even farmer is considered a businessman. But the reason for that is so much of what we do uh, involves activity during the week. So it needs to be people that have the flexibility to, to get out and go into 
to uh, hotels or hospitals or doctor's offices and place those scriptures. Uh, needs to be people that are familiar with making business contacts. So that's the reason for that requirement. But, you know, there's a lot of folks that want to be involved in other ways. So we have what's called the Friends of Gideons. To be a friend of the Gideon, there's no qualifications in terms of anything other than your spirituality. So, uh, you know, a, a non-businessman, a pastor, uh, you know, uh, ladies of the, of the church can all be a part of that. And once you're a friend of the Gideon, you get specific information on how to pray. You get specific uh, prayer requests that come through. Uh, you have the opportunity to purchase those New Testaments for yourself, for your own use, if you would like to do that, to be a, an aid in your own personal witnessing. Uh, you get a chance to contribute to the purchase of Scripture around the world if you desire. It's not a requirement, but you get that opportunity. And then when we have things like uh, rallies where we show about trips across the world, when we have uh, conventions where we get people coming from around the world and around the state in, then those friends can be invited to that as well. So it's a, it's a connection that really provides a lot of assistance, a lot of support. To do that, just go to friendsofgideons.org, friendsofgideons.org, and it shows you how you can sign up to be a part of that. Well, I know over the years, I've always wanted just a little bit more information, but being in ministry, I'm not eligible. Right. <laughs> and so I'm excited about this program. You know, it the Gideons International is a powerful impact and are making a powerful impact for the world with giving out God's word. I mean, there's nothing quite as pure as that. Giving out the Bible to those that maybe have never read it, never seen it. And so that's I, I just can't say enough good things about this. I do have one question. What what version are you giving out in English-speaking countries? In the United States, we currently give uh, the, some in the King James and some in the ESV. We, okay. uh, we, have, we have some folks that still prefer to use the King James. But for those that have a modern English version, we use the ESV. Of course, when you get into the other countries, we're, we actually have 109 different languages that we print. And so those all be based upon those whatever languages are. Sure, sure. And another thing that uh, that would be helpful to know as well is we have a a mobile app uh, of the Bible that's called the Gideon app, and in that it contains the Word of God in uh, almost nineteen hundred different languages. Oh wow! And they are sorted out by country, and so you meet a person that's from, let's say, you meet a person from India, you can go to the country of India and here's the 34 languages that are spoken in India. Which one of those is yours? That person can then get a copy of that. They can, they can read in their native language or many of those, they can hear it audibly read to them over the app. And so it's a great witnessing tool that uh, people can use. And so it, it takes those languages that are not large enough to justify a printed copy and still allows us to be able to impact people with the word through that. Go to your app store, download Gideon Bible app, and, and you can take it and use it. If someone wants to get involved with the Gideons, you've given us a couple of different ways. You've shared with us about the Life Book and the Friends of the Gideons. What is the the website or uh, a way that they can find out information directly about Gideons International? Website is just Gideons.org, and you'll have uh, you'll have testimonies there. You'll have stories of of the way that God's Word is used. You'll have information. You'll have uh, uh, places that you can 
see the gospel explained. You'll have an opportunity if someone was there that didn't know the Lord to have an opportunity to see that as well. And so it's uh, uh, the best place to go for information. Uh, and then, of course, your local Gideon is always somebody that's willing to help share that as well. Well, Ron, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I, I do have just a final question. If you had something that you wanted to share to youth pastors and student ministry workers, what might that be? There is no substitute for the Word of God. It's uh, Scripture tells us that faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, God promises that He will use it. You know, the the verse that we use uh, so much is Isaiah 55, 11, where God says, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return into me empty, but shall accomplish that which I please. And that promise is what motivates us to put as many copies into the hands of people as possible. So if there are ways that that, uh, those youth leaders could help us connect with things within their school system or within their churches to have open doors to distribute scriptures. We can sometimes we go into baccalaureates at graduations and other things so that would allow us it's not connected directly to the school system. And also we have a new opportunity to give out testaments to uh, kids in vacation Bible school and in church camps. And so if if the youth leaders that are involved in that would help us make that connection, then we can go in and and uh, place scriptures to all the students that are in those activities. We're going to reach a lot of people. Uh, in Oklahoma, we're going to be at Falls Creek Church Camp this 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 summer. We're going to give about forty thousand copies of Scripture wow. to the students that come through that. So, so as they see things like that, that would give us an open opportunity. We'd love to hear about it and love to make the connection. Well, Ron, thanks again for being on the podcast and listener. Thank you so much for downloading and joining us as we talk about all things student ministry related. The Word of God is powerful. It is important, and we want to keep sharing that with students in whatever way we can. And we do all these things because student ministry matters. Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Get connected at studentministrymatters.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Ministry Matters. Until next time, keep up the great work with your students because the work matters.